0: Welcome to Live and Love Your Brand, a podcast to support you in sharing your message and mission with the world. I'm your host, Emma Lovell. I'm lovely by name, lovely by nature. I'm a personal branding specialist with a mission to support female entrepreneurs to live and love their brand. I've been running my business, Lovely Communications, for more than 12 years, and I can hand on heart so that my success has come from the strength of my personal brand. I believe in the power of owning and sharing our story. I want to help you own your story, show up consistently and really put yourself out there. So here on the podcast, you'll find helpful tips, practical exercises and joyful discussions that will inspire you to reconnect with your brand and communicate it more effectively. I'll be joined by incredible experts to discuss how personal branding can have a huge impact on your business and on your life. I'd love to hear from you. So please make sure to connect over on social media. You can find me on Instagram, Instagram, at lovely comms that's l-o-v-e double double the l means double the life. facebook lovely communications and you can join in the conversation in our lovely community the live and love your brand facebook group of course make sure to come back weekly as each new episode drops i can't wait to share with you how to gain clarity build confidence and increase connections all by sharing your unique personal brand with the world Lovely Communications is based on the Gold Coast and recognises Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as the first peoples of this place, now known as Australia. We are grateful for the continuing care of the lands, waterways and skies where we work, live, listen, learn and play. From here on Yigumbe Country and from wherever you are listening, we respect the Elders past, present and emerging. Welcome back to the Live and Love Your Brand podcast. Today, I have an incredible guest, Rebecca Lambert, who is the founder of the Freelance Jungle, as well as a virtual marketing freelancer. I love... Rebecca's approach to online business, small business and the freelancing world. And as a freelancer myself um, in the past and still freelancing in some respects, uh, this is very much my community and my tribe and the community that Rebecca has created is incredible. So a bit more about her. Uh, Rebecca Lambert is a virtual marketing officer that helps change making, purpose oriented startups, organisations, and entrepreneurs with their content strategy and community building needs. She's the founder of the Freelance Jungle, a grassroots community that ends the isolation and raises the knowledge bar for thousands of Australian and New Zealand freelancers. She reminds freelancers that stress has a productivity cost through online community and a pay-what-you-can-afford approach to education. When she's not in the jungle, she's exploring the Illawarra with her labradorks and hairy musician partner, creating content and noise of a different kind. I just love the way Rebecca's mind works and how she keeps breaking she breaks things and recreates it and thinks outside of the box in the truest sense. And so please enjoy this discussion and her wonderful, wonderful words. Welcome to the Live and Love Your Brand podcast, Rebecca Lambert. Hi Emma, thanks for having me. Thank you very much for coming. Uh, I've been a member of your community for a long time and I love seeing you online. We we haven't actually met in person. I, it's nice to get to be on the face. We're on the video here. But for everyone who doesn't know you, in your words, can you tell us who are you?
1: <laughs> Gee, you're
0: always uh, such a funny question. Okay. I am
1: formal uh, freelancer. I do content marketing, virtual marketing officer style stuff, um, high level strategic stuff, but I'm also probably better known as the Freelance Jungle founder. And the Freelance Jungle is a grassroots community that advocates for freelancer rights. It checks in with stress reduction and it looks after bringing people together to remind them about the wibbly wobbly sides of things that we often leave out. So like our mental health, um, you know, working with each other as community and our creativity.
0: You actually have some wonderful resources you created um, where you had the Patreon uh, sort of funding platform. And then I, when I signed up for that, I got a few little goodies from you. And one of them was like a postcard with these like mental health reminders. And it was just so well done, like just such a you know simple but also like so nice and I had it on my wall for a long time in front of me just sitting there because yeah you can so easily I mean I literally before we came on was talking about the fact that I was up till silly hours doing things and mm-hmm. then wake up early and, and just the week gets away from you so having a community to remind you and is is so beneficial so when did you start that
1: Um, Look, I think officially the freelance jungle sort of started rumbling when I started freelancing. So in 2010, I thought I was making every mistake known to man. And, um, you know, former product geek, everything is based on research. So the first thing that I did was actually put out a survey to see whether there was something about my process that was needing tweaking or if these were universal problems. And it was really interesting that when I put out the survey, I got 166 responses from people. And this is in 2010 before it all became really popular. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and what I found that was that even if there were copywriters, web developers, we had a freelance drag queen, all sorts of different people that were responding, the biggest challenge for them at that particular point in time was isolation.
0: Mm. They felt the
1: same thing that I felt, which was, you know making all the mistakes the client management stuff the how to get business you know how to look after yourself when to stop working all of these issues were universal so I did what most people do I asked people to come and have a beer at a pub in Sydney and then from there the community has grown to a national thing we've got Kiwis as well and it's about six 6,700 people or 7,600 people? I can never remember, right? Yeah. Sorry to
0: that 1,000 people that
1: I keep dropping off. <laughs>
0: <Just> cash 1,000. <laughs> <laughs> That's so lovely because that is one of the biggest things that, um, you know, and when we say freelancing, I think uh, sometimes people don't um, recognize it is that gigging type thing. It is taking on various clients, but really it's running a, a small business. You're running your own small business you are the one person, you are the marketer, the accounter, the accounting person, the administration person, you're the everything. Um, Rebecca's nodding along a lot because <laughs> we know it. Which is always but, helpful on
1: an audio-style interview, isn't it, really, when I'm, I'm like, yes, I'm agreeing with you, and yeah. then I'm like, oh, that's
0: right. <laughs> but, you know, it, it just is, and that's what people find when they start businesses. they just feel that when they're, especially if they've gone from corporate, um gone from working in a even a small business where you have a colleague to you have no one. It's the buck stops with you and every decision's with you. So to have a community and I know that I just got there was a time where it was like, you need to join the freelance jungle. You need to join the freelance jungle. You need to join and it just having this place where you could go and openly ask questions, seek support or just have a bit of event and go, this is what I've <laughs> yeah, experienced. We do enjoy those events, um, but, you know, just not feeling alone. Yeah. And as you said, 6,700 other people who were feeling, feeling that too. So amazing that you did that. And how has it supported youth?
1: It's been an interesting journey. and certainly made me feel less alone. I think it's also, um, you know, we do surveys every couple of years now because that's where we started. And there's about 120 different occupations in the freelance mm. struggle, uh, according to those surveys. And it, it helps me find people for work. It helps me tap into people and, and do the informal stuff. But I think also, too, it's given me the opportunity to be able to advocate for people. Um, that work has kind of neglected because a lot of people get into freelancing because workplace inflexibility pushes them out. We have a lot of parents for that reason. You know, they have the kids they can't work in the system. We have people with disabilities, mental health conditions, uh, living regionally, people that follow their partners around that are in the military Mm. um, and all these sorts of things because we still have, even though we've had the pandemic and people have had working from home normalised far more in the last two years than any other time, we still have this thing of presenteeism and performance Mm -hmm. that is this performative culture where to show up to work is to be at work and to be seen to be doing work is what you're meant to do and, and all this sort of stuff. So I sort of see the freelance jungle as trying to teach the rest of the world how to have a better relationship with work as well because we're proving that we're not, you know the the standard thing of people like oh you're unemployable or you're a student or you're a whatever no we've got middle to top tier people that have decided that uh, you know they want to be entrepreneurs in their own right or they want to have a balance in their life that current working systems don't allow for or they want to do good quality work instead of just put one foot in front of the other Mm -hmm. in office environments and in workplace environments we are Uh, you know aspirational inspired people that actually genuinely enjoy work that have been pushed out of the system that have crafted our own jobs around all of these problems that other people throw at us and I think that's what people need to realize is that if you look at freelancing from that perspective you can take a lot of what we do and put it into the other workplaces and make them healthier
0: it's such a common issue is um you know whenever I've done contracting is that you come in as this freelancer and they love all the energy and the ideas and, and your perspective and then they slowly try and turn you into a full-time or make you, yeah, yeah, and make you stay on or start to subscribe to those, um, th- those sort of, yeah, parameters, the timings and things like that and it's like, well, no, this is why we got away from it and this is you're then losing the value for which you brought me in for like mm. you have employees for certain reasons but uh, there's real value in this um fluid and flexible um workforce which is that all these freelancers and small businesses who provide a very specific um offering and skill set so why would you take that away and yeah as you said we, we do it for a reason but there's also a lot of value other value that we bring that you you would just then lose if everybody becomes a worker again
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. And look, there's been a major study that's just been released as of this morning that said that 30% of Australian workers want to um, retain and maintain some form of working from home or hybrid model Mm. because they've realised that it increases their productivity, it lowers their stress, and it gives them the opportunity to be a whole person as opposed to a very tired person.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you're trying to fit everything in. I just there's this that misconception that because I can see you and because you're in the office, and even I had it like the other way, I was like, maybe I just need to go to an office and then I'd be doing more. It's like, no, I'd be doing doing the same staring at the wall and faffing and <laughs> that's part of the creative process is, is the is the procrastination. But why would I spend the time to drive 20 minutes, half an hour, as well as the faffing about that I would do in the morning to get ready, uh, when I could just get up and and start and you Know, I think you also when you're a freelancer or the type of people that tend to lean toward freelancing, and I don't know what you've found, but I can see it in you as well. Where, uh, to use Marie Folio's term, multi passionate uh, yeah. entrepreneurs. So we tend to have more than one thing that we want to do, mm-hmm. and a job tends to not allow for that to be able to serve those different interests. Yeah. And I think a lot of freelancers, um, or, you know, would have. Multiple things on the go, or they tell you they've got four businesses. <laughs>
1: yeah. And it's look, it's true. It's the multi-potentialite thing, you know, there's that, and that the other term for it is wide achiever, but that makes us sound like we've got very big bottoms. So I tend <laughs> to stay away from that one. Um although in my case. Anyway, with the multi-potentialite stuff, you know, I see it in the freelance jungle all the time. There are people that are freelancing because they've they've got they're doing contract stuff on the side while they're pulling their startup by the by the bootstraps. There are people that are studying for their PhD or their master's at the same time. There are people that are passionate environmental advocates who are trying to get not-for-profits happening and all the rest of it. You know, we've got people that run writers' festivals and run writers' groups that are not-for-profits that are also doing this other stuff to pay for that to happen. You know, I think we, we tend to have this really weird attitude about work where we don't look at a career as an entire thing. It is a patchwork. Mm -hmm. If you go through your LinkedIn, you might find that your first job is completely and utterly different to where you are right now. But the skills and the people that you learn and the soft stuff, especially those intangible things that you learn, become part of what makes you a great freelancer or a great career person. And I know a lot of people in the startup world, for example, who have actually left the corporate job, done the freelancing, built the startup. Jumped back into freelancing after the startup has been sold or done, you know, whatever. This is a fluid motion that we have. This is not, and this is in response to the fact that there is workplace insecurity. You can't have a job for 30 years at the same place and get the gold watch at the end. But it's also, our world is changing rapidly. We didn't need all these copywriters, you know, 20 years ago. We only needed a small amount of them, but now that's the lion's share of what we do. All of the online stuff wasn't popular until the 90s. You know, the rate that technology is moving, it's making it almost impossible for people to remain in the same jobs anyway. So it's really built for um, encouraging freelancers. And I think, again, it's an attitude change. We need to get away from this whole thing of why are people becoming freelancers it's such a weird thing that they can't attach themselves you know like young people get this a lot oh they're not interested in doing this 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 and this no they're in a world that doesn't allow them to have that stolid strong line of 30 years so let them do the best that they possibly can
0: without the shame
1: let them do what they need to do without making it such a big issue
0: oh that's uh, such a beautiful message uh, for people who are starting out and also that thing of if you do jump around like that and I know that I've had this problem before and feeling that the words you said shame where if you do go back into something and it's not it's not going back it's it's really it's pulling on a skill set that you have you know I was talking to you about the fact that's that I'm right. now writing again and I'd pause that I'd stop that side but I mean the, the fact you know with freelancing and and running your business and entrepreneurship is fluid. It's, it's ever evolving. It's ever changing. So why would we cut off this whole area and go, well, I can't go back to that Mm -hmm. when you have that experience and that, you know, it can easily be applied. And because once you've done it, it's so great. You know, it was, it was literally a couple of emails, Hey, I'm available again. And bang, the work was there because I've worked in that way. It was oh yeah all right well this is how we work this is what we do here's the brief this is this is the rate. off we go again it was like oh wow (laughs) it's been really fun actually talking to like i talked to lynn testoni recently rachel smith uh lindy alexander it was really fun um getting you know well there's the woes and and the pros but it was you know Getting back into that freelance mindset, and I was like, "Oh yeah, these are my people." Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> these in. are my people. They get me, <laughs> and it's so nice to have this whole space um, that you have supported and created, which is lovely. But because you are so well known in this space, and like you said, even though you deliver work, you also have this other uh, position of, of freelance jungle uh, wrangler. Um, <laughs> so, how do you manage your own personal brand alongside that, and then? Your business as well Mm. well being uh, I'm actually quite socially anxious I have a generalized anxiety disorder
1: and I'm introverted naturally it takes a lot of preparation for me to talk to you even like this so having a personal brand where I've got my arms folded and I'm on the front page of my website going (laughs) I can
0: do it all for you
1: would not suit me at all because I'd be crying and running away from that kind of marketing so for all of the introverts that are out there in the world. What I can say to you is the best way to do your own personal brand is to think about things that you care about and run it from a campaign or a project level. So what I've always done with my um, freelancing, like the freelance jungle is one of my projects and it's probably my most notable, but I've done other things. Like I moved Mm -hmm. to Redfern, I got sick of the racism. So I set up a Twitter and a Facebook page called My Redfern Rocks and I promoted inclusion And I promoted all of the positive news that came out of the area because at that particular point in time we were being hammered in the press with lots of racist, horrible content. And that got me clients because people were local businesses and they felt like they were loved. And I didn't do it with that intention, but that's what Mm. happened. I had a client that didn't pay me, so I invented a barter system and I was swap creative. So Unashamedly Creative is my brand name. I had swap creative, which meant that I swapped a bar tab For a social media plan, I swapped a case full of olive oil so I could give people Christmas presents. For a marketing strategy, I did content for somebody else's website for a garden table at the back so I could have friends around, and all this sort of stuff. And that got me press as well, accidentally. You know, that process. You know, I've I've done it with um, introducing people to freelancers down here in Wollongong where I am. um, You know, virtually with a council grant. Mm -hmm. and getting people to match up and then go off and do projects together because it helps promote freelancers and it helped the small businesses during the pandemic. I look for these opportunities where I can actually show what I'm doing but also enjoy myself at the same time because one thing that I've realised is, you know, if you're an introvert and you're standing out there all the time going, look at me, look at me, look at me, it hurts. Mm -hmm. It hurts your brain. It doesn't feel natural. So if you can actually say, look at my project, I'm really proud of it. and everyone goes yeah that's amazing and then they go how did you do it then that gives you the opportunity to talk on your level how you feel the most comfortable about the things that matter to you and people are curious
0: about the project yeah the focus has shifted Mm.
1: so I mean that's that's basically what I do I mean I'm just about to launch another one with Jess Harkins who is the designer for the freelance jungle and we're doing something on death literacy because we care about the fact that um, so many people are dying without appropriate care and dying in, in invasive treatment situations and with lots of stress and lots of grief. So we want to change that by increasing people's literacy about the choices that they can have at end of life. Something may come of that you know, where we get into the field and get more interest from other people. But at the same token, it also gives us something strong in the portfolio, makes us feel good, and we're practising our skills. So it can't be a negative
0: Well, when we finish this call, I have someone to talk to you about because I used to, uh, one of my clients is a cemetery, so there you go. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) This is me. People like talking about something when you've freelanced and you've written about all these different things. You're not a subject matter expert, but you are like you become kind of a jack-of-all-trades on various topics. And you're like, oh, yeah, I know about that. I I wrote about it. I can't go in depth. But, oh, yeah, I know. And they're like, why do you know that? And you're like, yeah, I'm a writer. Um, yeah, we're great at <laughs>
1: trivia games.
0: So good at trivia and uh, and words as well. Like don't play Scrabble against us or Banana <laughs> Games. It is, it is. We will play that game to the end. Uh, that is so such helpful advice though and and valuable advice because it's something that my clients come to me with such fear about um you know and overwhelm is that I don't want to talk about me and I I don't want it to be all about me and especially if they have teams they're like mm-hmm. but, but my team does the work and it's like yes but you also bring together the team so you can still talk about the team but we don't want to hide behind that completely like we have to at some point own own who we are and own that we're doing the work but like you're saying like having a strategy then for how do we do it and that's such a great reframing of it it's like you're not standing there going me 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 and here's a selfie and we do see that sometimes um Mm. well you'll always see my photo but what someone said very nicely was that yes there's a photo of you in that but you're always talking about what you're doing or who you're doing Mm. it with or where you are like that's, that's the vehicle to the, to talk about the thing. So I'm sort of going about it probably in the reverse, <laughs> but, but you know, but you, it's, that's why I'm comfortable with it because it's like, well, I'm to, I want to talk about the work. I want to help people. So of course I have to be the one talking about it, but if that's yeah. not as comfortable, then find the way that is more comfortable. And that's just such a lovely reframing. And my next question was, you know, do you face challenges? And obviously as an introvert you do. So are there any other ways that you overcome that. I think that would be so helpful for people.
1: Um, look, I just
0: I do what I
1: do all the time. I know that sounds a bit weird, and, and it doesn't look like that. Like it's you don't have to. Amy o. Clark did a wonderful um mental health uh session for the freelance jungle on our crowdcast. She's a very talented artist and illustrator from the Central Coast, and she talked about how um You know, she'd plan out these things and she'd put out her illustrations and she'd have like six weeks' worth of daily drops on her illustrations and then she'd drop off again. And, And she was like, you know, people always ask me where have I gone? And she's like, but it actually works better with the algorithms, you know, because they see that all of a sudden you're producing content so it pumps you up more than if you do it daily and all this sort of stuff. So she's worked out this gamification. And it got me thinking about that kind of stuff. When we challenge ourselves and when we deadline ourselves and when we do these fun little things, when we take the pressure off ourselves to do the work and just put it on the work itself, it's so much nicer. It's Mm -hmm. that same thing of like when you first start off as a freelancer, I don't advocate for people going and running and getting their website done in the first 12 months because you're going to learn so much stuff. You Mm -hmm. might find that you... Had five things that you were offering and that you're only going to offer two at the Mm. end of the day because the other stuff doesn't suit you or the clients are too cheap or or whatever the situation is. So treat everything like an experiment. Treat it like an opportunity to play, to understand your brain, to understand how other people's brains work. Think about the ways that you can use it as a research assignment to get to know clients better, to, you know, because when we assume that we've got it all figured out. that's when we invite arrogance. It's also when we put ourselves in a situation where people will expect us to have a higher level of information than we might otherwise be able to provide. Plus, I hate to say it, but everything we do is subjective. Business is a construct that we've built. We might have these four point plans and all the rest of it and think we have to follow them. But It'll be different. It'll change. The new stuff is what excites people and attracts people, that early adoption stuff, you know. The work that we do is subjective. You can write the best bloody copy in the whole entire world, the most beautiful design, the most artful photograph, and your client could turn around and hate it
0: yeah. because
1: it reminds them of something that they don't like. Yeah. Or it's not what their friends said they should have. Yeah. You yeah. know, we have to understand the limitations are also the greatest opportunities that we have. Mm. So if we look at what we're doing and instead of going, I must do this and I must have these platforms and I must say that and all the rest of it and go, how can I break this? How can I take this blower, pull it apart and put it back together in a mosaic style that suits me? How can I make this into something that is totally different to what everyone else is doing? You know, go and watch Tarantino films. Go and watch all of the pop culture stuff and the just old stuff that actually pitches things against each other
0: mm.
1: and you'll realise how much power there is to knowing the baseline but then just screwing with it on top of it. I love so, it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, and being, you know, understanding that it's we are constantly changing and it is an evolution and, um, you know, I didn't have a website for a few years. That's such a great point. I think also my v- biggest thing on it is like a website is never finished. No. Like stop thinking of it as this when my website is done, because it won't be done because things will change and you'll need new pages. And when you accept that, it's so lovely because you just look at it one day and you go, I'll just go, I don't like that theme anymore and just change it. Or, yeah, I don't want that photo or I don't want this section. And that's the beauty with digital is that we can just change things. But that message of, uh, or the message I use is, and what I'm hearing you say is like, start before you're ready and try something because- Yeah, if you're not putting anything out there, then, well, you have no feedback, which you obviously love with your surveys and (laughs) uh, research. Like you don't know what people think of it anyway or or if they even want what you're offering. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then how are you ever going to, you know, get to the point where it is feeling more comfortable and and, uh, more polished or clear if you're not saying anything, you know. So start, try, evolve, change, adapt. Um yeah, and and you know, smash I mean, the shit out of things. Yeah. Break <laughs> things. I love it. i I'm, yeah, I was good. One of my friends was feeling frustrated with we like, let's go to this break room. So yeah, let's think of our businesses as a break room. Uh you get to as in not a rest area, as in like break yeah, yeah, smash yeah, it up. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm gonna go do that now, but um well I was gonna ask you, and i maybe it's on the introvert thing, but like why do you think some freelancers do struggle to show up? sort of show up Um, as themselves and put themselves forward i think
1: it's because we think that it has to be done a certain way and when we can't do it that certain way we tend to get in our own way um i i also think that one of the other reasons why we don't tend to show up is because we kind of get in our own way with perfectionism Mm -hmm. and that sort of stuff like you know, if if you're focusing on getting it right all of the time and the client's liking you every moment of the day and all the rest of it, it really gets in the way of what you're there to do. Um, you have to put the project first and not your, your feelings first, right? Mm-hmm. What is in the good of the project can save your butt so much more than I want to feel like this client really likes me. I really want a good testimonial at the end of this. Sometimes you have to break the egg to make the omelette. And I think one of the things that I see, especially with um, female-identified business owners, is that they tend to want to be liked for the business that they do. And that gets in the way of doing better business.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's such, yeah, getting in the way of themselves. Just, yeah, I love that. And perfectionism, gosh, it is such a freeze, isn't it? And you did say something there um, that was really great in terms of your terminology. You are uh, brilliant at not only um, being sensitive and um, aware um, for people with mental health or um, disability, but Uh, just accessibility and inclusivity overall I find you very any content that you're putting out is very inclusive Um, why is that so important to you and and has it always been a thing
1: oh look it's important to me I think because I am a woman with disabilities I have cerebral palsy Um, I also have a mental health condition I have OCD as well as uh, the generalized anxiety disorder Um, that I mentioned before. And even in like 2014, I was trying to collaborate with people and they were saying, don't mention mental health because we'll never get anywhere with this. And I took that shame in and it hurt for a very long time. And then I realised that that's that person's issue. Um, You know, it's it's that sort of situation. We're becoming, there's more disability pride than I've ever seen in my whole entire life. You know, I grew up in a situation where I was under the auspice of the Spastic Centre for my physical disabilities. You can't even say that word these days because they've changed the language around it, thankfully. But the attitudes have changed, and it's a big, important thing. But what we also have to realise is, and here's your round, Emma, <laughs> we live in a world that is built on a very unrealized and unrealistic position of health and mental health. Mm. The majority of people do not reflect this whole picture perfect no disability, no nothing about me is different, there's no person of colour, there's no queer here, and any of that, right? We have to understand that we we are not including people, we are breaking a system that does not serve us. Mm. We are looking at the situation the way that it always should be. So I'm into things like... Uh, it's called person-centred design, values-based care, and all this sort of stuff, where you put the person in the middle of the situation and you plan around them, whereas yeah. before the system was in the middle of the situation and the people just had to be shoehorned in. Yeah. If you solve accessibility problems on street level For a person in a wheelchair, which is considered the pointy end of a problem, you solve it for the parent with the pram. You solve it for the person walking the toddler. You solve it for the lady with the walking frame. You solve it for the group of boys that are coming home from footy training. You solve it for so many other people because you're you're fixing that focus. And it's the same with the systems that we have. Workplace flexibility. If you solve it for people with disabilities so that we can work at home when we're in physical pain and all the rest of it, you don't lose our productivity. And you also make it easier for the parent that has to pick up their sick kid or the parent that has the deaf child that needs extra education and can't do all the classes outside of work hours. When we look at these things and we see inclusion as the beating heart, we are a more compassionate society and we have greater access to everything. We have the greater ability to do what we need to do. I mean, 70% of people would prefer to walk up a ramp than the stairs. So why do we always have the stairs instead of the ramp?
0: Yeah. 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 Oh, that's such a brilliant, you know, the point I, you know, you're doing the pointy. (laughs) can see it but you know but the person first I think I think that's just a rule for all things it's person first I mean even in our language you say person with a disability or person of color or who is the person and you know when we're talking about now in terms of people wanting um having a preference of how they're spoken to how they're referred to it's like well it's the person first and you can't put a blanket rule on all people are going to talk like this and all people like that if if somebody says I asked you before we had this call would you prefer her to be called Rebecca or Beck he said Rebecca mm. well then I'm going to respect that and call you by the name that you've asked me to call you why would it not apply to anything else that's you know you're a person I've asked you a question and it's it's something I believe in the work that I do it's it's people want to work with people we are like the world is we're we are people and that that comes first so put them at the center um that's just a lovely Absolutely. message thank you so much oh you're so full of wisdom and Um, I just I love your I mean I just keep coming in my head it's like unashamedly creative it is the most perfect name for you for your business um, and your approach to to work and life and I love that you're continuously applying that creativity to so many aspects of your own life but also the world around you so um, on behalf of the community thank you for what you're you're doing As freelancers, um, so do you have a tip for our audience if they'd like to be doing more freelancing? That's probably a very big question. <laughs> Would you like to come yeah, get out the there
1: and now? do your own campaigns? <laughs> do your own creative things so that you can teach yourself. Um, also, I did actually write some stuff down. Um,
0: Yay! <laughs> look at you being organised.
1: <laughs> I think the number one thing is. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there and fall flat on your face and pick yourself up and and all the rest of it. Like just if you think, I I see this with coaching clients all the time. I see it when I teach classes and all the rest of it. There are people that are like, oh, I really want to do this. And you see the light behind their eyes and there's a rainbow and there's angels flying and, you know, their imagination is like sparkling. And then then they go, oh, but I really should do an Instagram challenge because that's what people do. Bugger that, do what's making you all sparkly in the brain pan. You yes. know, make sure that you get out there and you do the stuff. And if you like a particular field, if you like in a certain type of environmentalism or whatever, write the list of who you like, follow them, love them up, and then pitch yourself, whether that's a volunteer project or a paid project. I, When I did the barter project and mm. I swapped the garden table for the, the marketing stuff, That client, Lisa, was part of an entire scene that I didn't know about. I worked with her for that. Then I got projects with her. I worked with her for three years as a paid freelancer on a regular basis, and she introduced me to 14 other businesses within this scene. Yeah. I did something that appealed to her, you know, sense of fairness and her eco values and all that sort of stuff, and it paid off. So if you want to get those sorts of people, if you think about the values of the people that you want to talk yeah, to, right, um, think about how you want to attract them. Do something to speak to someone's values. Don't get out there doing the whole sales razzle-dazzle here in my hands. I can write 100 words a minute and while well, I'm riding a unicycle and there's a dog strapped to my back. You know, do something that says, I care about this, and get people to be interested in the fact that you have these values on display because I can tell you right now that anyone that tells you your values don't get you, your business are wrong Mm. because it saves you from having the wrong client too. And I'm not talking about if you don't want to work with Shell, don't work with Shell. I'm also talking about saying if it matters to you that the environment is preserved for your children Write about it on your blogs. Write, Put it on your social media. You know, be at the campaigns and, 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 and the school marches and all the rest of it. Take the photos and talk to people about that kind of stuff because our values are what attracts us to the right clients and that's where you end up with the situation that you have a good time instead of a lousy time because you're being more yourself.
0: And you're talking about values, but I also want to talk on that about value because we're often told when you're freelancing and and even in any work that you shouldn't be doing work for free or for bartering and that there's meant to be a value exchange and da-da-da. But for there, there was a value exchange. And I know for me as well, some of my earliest um, work, even my website, I didn't pay for a website until 10 years into my business. I did it myself or I got some help along the way. But it was always a swapsy, And my photos, I didn't pay for a photo shoot until maybe yeah three years ago because I would write things for photographers and then they would provide me with photos. They got my words and help with that, which they struggled with, and I got lovely images. So if if you are, you know, especially if you're starting out, I think, or, you know, there's something that you want and you're not able to access, but you can offer value and you're going to receive value, go for it. I love that that yeah. bartering and then you don't know where things lead to that's such a, another good message is that sometimes if your heart's calling you or your gut or wherever you make decisions from is calling you to do something or you're simply interested and care about it do it Who cares Absolutely. if that's yeah. not the way that we do business or do 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 where it's gonna if you're excited by it and you enjoy it and you're going to be able to share that and like you said have those rainbows and sparkles and light up that's going to do so much more for your brand and for you than you know, doing work that pays heaps of money. And- Absolutely. And
1: look, the caveat on that, Emma, the only thing that I say because people are like, yeah, but you say don't work for free. Always do it strategically and be in control of it. Mm. You know, when I did mm. the butter project, I set the limits. I mm. said what we were swapping and I said no. So you've got to have your own boundaries. When you were talking to your friends, this copy equals these photos, free exchange, everyone knows they're on the same page. Don't work with people that come to you and say, I want you to write my website for free because I'm amazing because that person is not a strategic step up for you. They're just Mm. a demanding, entitled person. Yes.
0: I'm trying so hard not to sweat. (laughs) I'm like, so it's fine. Um, (laughs) Did you have anything else written down for us for your tips? Oh, look, I
1: told you, you know, like limiting me to a small amount of time to talk was was like that's why I said we get two questions done right now. It's
0: okay. I keep interrupting too, so I'll let you go right through your points.
1: <laughs> no, I think I think I've had a great time. I just want to um like be a little bit self-indulgent here for the moment and just say, look, with the freelance jungle at the moment, we've got a bunch of different classes that are coming up through the Patreon. So I'm doing the marketing for introverts course. It's kicking off at the end of August and I take people through and it's so cute. I love it. I start people off going, what do you want to achieve at the beginning of this? And they go, I really want to do this thing. And it's amazing. And then by the end of the course, they're like, I don't know why I wanted to do that thing. It wasn't me. So, you know, if you want to actually discover that part of yourself, all you need to do is join the Patreon and you can participate in that. I'm doing a, couple of different pitching classes and persona building classes for people that really want to nut out their clients one of those is today but another one is in october i don't know when this will go live so anyway (laughs) Um, and also the other thing is i've just done the pre-registration for my deadline party so the deadline party is this cute idea that you have a self-directed project you turn up for six weeks We work on it together as a group to get you so that you can have a virtual part on the stage and a five-minute presentation where you can say, this is my project and I made it. And people have done everything from articulating their forms of journalism to someone did a lifestyle change and moved town and then she took us to a new town and what she'd done with her downsizing. Someone else launched a website. Someone else did a whole business. It's it's really varied on what people want to change, but it's always this beautiful thing of coming together every week and working together to build something so that we can all get up on the stage and go, I didn't yes. listen to that deadline whizzing past. I actually yes. did it for a change and here it is.
0: Oh, and it's so important as when you're working on your own. Um, if someone else gives me a deadline, happy days. If I give myself a deadline, it is very flexible. So it is yeah, nice the house to have becomes very clean. clean. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I bake. I, I just, you know, go for walks. <laughs> the cat gets brushed. Everything gets done. But, um, no, I think, yeah, having that accountability and support and maybe even that place to um you know, if you get stuck, you can work through an idea that can be really... Oh, hello, hello, friend. That's the,
1: that's the office dogs responding to
0: someone. Oh, there you go. They're like giving us our, our, our wind up. Uh, that is so great. And um, as I've already sort of, I hope, um, sort of, what's the word I want to say? Um, alluded to is, is that Rebecca is very generous um, and the Freelance Jungle is very generous uh, in the content that's provided. But also the support and the community that's available. So just that having that place where you can go and ask that question and not feel silly or like you're going to get stomped on. People are very generous uh, with Mm -hmm. their information, and um, there's no sort of you know there's a a pie and you can only have this piece. You know everybody gets to make their own pie. There's enough (laughs) pie for everybody (laughs) or pizza, whichever analogy you want to use. But you know there's plenty of plenty for everyone, so everybody's willing to. share their knowledge and experience. And I think that's so wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, George has got a few opinions, but you know, that's just George. <laughs> we'll translate that. But how do we get in contact with you? Okay. You can <laughs> George, not your time. <laughs> exactly. Office dogs, I tell you, they feel so overlooked. Um,
1: the freelance jungle.com.au is the website. Um, we've got the grassroots Facebook group. Um, which is Freelance Jungle. Um, And you can just catch me at unashamedlycreative.com.au. I'm available for clients, for coaching, for all kinds of fun little things. And, um, yeah, you can find us on Patreon as the Freelance Jungle as well. So if you want those shot in the arm kind of situations where you get a bit of education, you can come and play.
0: Yes. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing um, so much of your own experience as well. Those, like, especially for people who feel um, more introverted or do have that anxiety around putting themselves out there, which is a lot of people. I think that's (laughs) that's some of those strategies and reframing was brilliant. So, thank Thank you. you for joining us today. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me today for another episode of Live and Love Your Brand. I'm so grateful that you've shared your time by listening today. That means so much to me. And if you're loving what you're learning, I would be so appreciative if you'd leave a review, rate this podcast and subscribe. It really shows me that you care, but it also helps other listeners to find us too. Again, please be sure to connect with me. I love hearing from you and getting to know your story. You can connect with me on Instagram at lovelycoms, Facebook, lovely communications and please do join the gorgeous community live and love your brand our facebook group or if you're ready to take action now and want to improve how you show up in the world with your brand then head on over to lovelycommunications.com again lovely is l-o-v-e l-y communications.com to learn how you can work with me my clients have gone on to experience opportunities that they could never have dreamed of From starting businesses to taking leadership in their own life, they have found the confidence to stand in who they are and to go wholeheartedly after what they truly want in life. And I want that for you too. If you're ready to invest in yourself and reconnect with who you are, then let's chat. Thank you again for listening. Now go into the world and share the beauty that is the uniqueness of you. Catch you next week, lovely.